Welcome to Modern Marketing Messages, the leading podcast discussing the latest and greatest in both online and offline marketing tactics, strategies, and trends. I'm your host, Taylor Karg, marketing content writer at AmericanEagle.com. In this episode, we're presenting to you a webinar session that was presented live during this year's AmericanEagle.com Customer Forum. This forum is a special event exclusively for existing AmericanEagle.com clients looking to learn about the latest web trends, digital marketing, and tips and tricks to improve their overall digital presence. In this episode, we will learn about seven SEO tips and tricks that will make you feel like an SEO expert, presented by two of AmericanEagle.com's digital marketing gurus, Courtney McEwen and Diane Harrow. Thanks everyone for coming. I'm Courtney McKeown and I'm a digital marketing director here at American Eagle. Diane Harrow is with me. She's a digital marketing specialist and both of us have a pretty strong background in SEO. So we're hoping to share some insightful information with you today. I know we have a mix of people in different skill levels when it comes to SEO. So we're hoping that we have a little bit of something for everyone. And some of you may actually recognize Diane. Um, I understand we played the commercial earlier, which she is a, a star in. Um, so watch for her on TV. She'll be signing autographs afterwards if anybody is interested. Today we're going to be covering seven SEO tips and tricks that you can take away from this and hopefully apply to your own business. So the first one is Google yourself. Obviously this sounds really basic, but it's often overlooked. And the second is spy on your competition. Again, this one seems super basic, but we'll give you some good tricks into doing this. And then the third is defining strategic keywords and making sure you have a really good understanding of what those are. And then the fourth is creating SEO-friendly content. Um, so we'll give you some really good practical ways you can create content that ranks. And the fifth item will be marking up your data for SEO. And then um, we'll give you some really good ideas for link building. And then finally, we're going to talk a little bit more about measuring and monitoring SEO to make sure that you're continuing to adapt um, with Google's changes. So this is a little bit about what you'll get from today's session. Pretty much, it's an easy way to check your index status. So this way, you know what Google is actually showing people from your site. It's also ideas on how to compete against competitors. You obviously know who your competitors are. You want to be on the same level with them, if not higher ranking above them. Tips to conduct keyword research and how to not cannibalize your keywords throughout the website. An overview about how to create content that ranks for your website and for words that you want to be seen. And important tips for SEO markup. SEO markup is often overlooked and sometimes it can be one of the simplest ways to really engage in the rankings. And actionable link strategies. Backlinking uh, is one of the biggest essentially uh, traffic sources that comes to actionable items. Referral traffic leads to higher conversion rates so you want to make sure you have a strong link strategy. And then tips to tie SEO efforts to business results. So how are you measuring your rankings? So the first one here, as I mentioned, is very basic. Google yourself. If you haven't done it recently, go to Google, see what's there for your company, your brand, your industry. We will search often our brand name as we know it, AmericanEagle.com, and the results show up great, perfect, how we'd want them to be our company ranking number one. We have some nice images being pulled in, but we're also aware that people search our company name as American Space Eagle, which returns results for jeans and sometimes the airline. So that's something that we know is there. It's an uphill battle. We work on helping to put our branding out there so people know that we're a web developer, we're a digital 
agency to help if they're looking for us in Google to find us. So like I said, start out going to Google, seeing what's there for your brand. This example here is showing a salon that's local to this area. And you can see if you Google the salon name, they have two business listings that show up, one in Arlington Heights and one in Mount Prospect. But if you search Misano Salon, um, you only see one business listing that shows up and it's their location in Arlington Heights. This is really problematic for the business because a lot of people don't realize they have two locations. So the Arlington Heights Salon is constantly getting phone calls, appointment requests, requests for directions to the location that is not relevant to them. The reason this is happening is if you go back and look at the the original image here, Misano Salon 2 in Mount Prospect, while it's closer um, to where the search was conducted, it does not include the term salon in the business name. So this is one that could be easily fixed by updating the business name in Google My Business and would probably cut down on a lot of phone calls and late appointments that they're experiencing. So I encourage you to Go to Google, search your company name, all different variations you can think of, and then start checking into those business listings relevant to your industry and seeing what sites are showing up for your brand when you search it. Is it Yelp that shows up there? Is it your career builder page? What is it about your organization that captures the first page in Google? And then really look at where you're ranking, if anything is off, if any negative PR or bad reviews exist, that's something you constantly want to be monitoring and looking for. And then in addition to the search results page itself, make sure to check the business listings and review sites. So if you just Google your brand name, you'll obviously some of them will show up, but some of them are going to be pretty buried or deep or might not even show up very high at all if you have a lot of traffic and communication out there about your brand. So we recommend actually just looking directly into those sites. So you might type your company name plus Yelp or your company name plus Site Jabber to see what people are saying about your organization out on the web and making sure that if you have a presence that everything's correct, your name, address, your phone number, your website, your company overview, your logos, any images about the business. And here's just a good checklist that you can start with. But bear in mind, this will vary based on the type of industry you're in. So, you know, if you're a service industry client, you'd want to be looking at something like Angie's List or Home Advisor. If you're in the travel industry, TripAdvisor is really big. So just really be aware of what directories there are. And then we recommend creating a spreadsheet, a master list of all the different directories that your business has a listing for and including um, notes on it, whether or not it's a priority maybe to improve or increase the reviews or um, to claim the listing so that you have a good handle on that at all times. This next one is a site search. So doing a site search is going to Google and identifying how many pages Google's indexing for your website and what those all are. So to do a site search, you just go to google.com and then you type your site colon and the url.com and you don't include the www or the HTTPS. And then from there, it'll show you how many pages are indexed in Google. And what you want to look for is whether or not that accurately matches what's on your sitemap or about the number of URLs you have on your site. If you see it wildly off, then you might want to look into something like a technical SEO audit to just understand why Google's maybe picking up pages that it shouldn't whether those are pages that are behind a login or maybe deleted content, or maybe it's not finding the pages that you need it to find and then we can look into why. It could be something like JavaScript on the page isn't allowing Google to easily find it and we can help support that. 
So here you can see also you want to just review the search results. Start looking for any pages that shouldn't be there and then look at the titles and descriptions and whether or not it's how you want them to appear. So this is Crayola and when we looked up the site we can see that this is their main store page on Crayola.com, shop.crayola.com, and it's showing site hyphen colon here, which isn't really a great experience for the user. It doesn't just jump out. Like if you want to buy Crayola products, that's where you would buy them. So those little things are things that you can look for to help then increase click-through rate by really putting your best foot forward. And the next one, again, pretty straightforward, but kind of go through the same exercises with your competitors and see what's out there for them. So questions that you want to ask is, who is ranking for the keywords that you're trying to capture? And then start poking around and see what they're doing. So you can check out what types of content they're producing. So if they're keeping up a blog, look at how frequently they're posting, what topics they're writing about, look at how deep the content is on their website to get a really good understanding of why they might be ranking for the term over you. And then again, check what keywords they're targeting. You can look directly at their title tags, their headings on the site, and usually get a good understanding of what their core search term is. You can usually look at their homepage and see what's up in the title tag browser to understand what, like, how do they describe their business? What's that main keyword they go after for their homepage and then their core product or service pages on the website? And then also check their reviews and see what they're doing. So see if they have a good quantity of reviews, what their ratings are like, how frequently they respond to reviews, and understand if maybe that's an area that you want to put more focus in for your business. So sometimes we see that businesses are in spaces where it typically only garners negative reviews. Like if you're a plumber, for example, you're not like raving about the plumber. It's usually like oh shoot, I had to spend $500 that I didn't plan on for something that you really didn't want to. So those industries like kind of suffer to gain reviews. So you might want to look into then having a proactive strategy and how you can encourage happy customers to also share their feedback. Finally, check out the social pages that they're on. Um, a lot of businesses really have the mindset that you need to be posting frequently on every channel. And that necessarily isn't true if it's really ROI driven of why you're doing social. Um, so get an idea what your competitors are doing, how frequent they post, what engagement they have. Are they getting a lot of likes, clicks, shares, and whether or not it's something that makes sense for you. And then finally, review their link profile, see who's linking to their site and if there's any similar opportunities for your business. We'll touch on that one a little bit more. So defining target keyword. Really what this comes down to is understanding that there's a couple different ways that you want to think about keywords. You have your primary, your core target keywords, and then secondary contextual keywords, and then the more long tail keywords that trickle up to support those primary and secondary terms. So when you think about it, it's essentially each page of your site is targeting a primary keyword, and then there might be secondary supporting on that page. So here's an example. A primary keyword might be web development. So you want to rank for web development. But contextual keywords would be things like web development company, web development agency, or web development firm. Incorporating some of those into the copy helps give Google a little bit more insight around the subject matter and can help it rank. So know that Google is getting increasingly intuitive about learning variations that these might mean the same, um, but it's still good to include them where relevant. And then there's the long tail, like how to choose a web developer. And writing content around topics like that can then support your larger, your core keywords. So the topic of how to choose a web developer might exist as a blog or in an FAQ section, which we'll touch again on later. 
And then just two other examples here of different industries. Again, those long tail pieces, that's often where blog content can live. And then the blog can then link back to the primary keyword page or the primary service page to support it. So where do you start with defining target keywords? Really, you start with brainstorming. As somebody who's really close to the organization, you know the products, the services, the industry, the brands the best. So we always recommend just sit down, do a brainstorming session of what do you want to rank for? What are your primary like core business terms? And then what are more um, secondary or long tail terms? And then also go to Google and start doing test searches. And you can see what Google autofills related to your industry. And then these topics are often great for long tail topics. So for example, here, we work with a large organization that sells canned tomato products. And it's at first you think, well, how much can you really write about canned tomatoes? But if you go to Google and start typing best recipe with canned tomato, you can see things like people search easy recipes with canned tomatoes, which you could take that topic and then write a blog compiling a bunch of really easy recipes with canned tomatoes. Or you might want to take easy salsa recipe with canned tomatoes and write a recipe about it, use recipe markup on it. Um, and that's a really good opportunity for a long tail keyword phrase that can then help this organization rank for canned tomatoes. And then also check out the people also ask. This is a section in Google that people are increasingly engaging with. So I encourage you to do this both for your brand and then non-branded terms in your industry. With your brand, if you see things showing up here about your brand that you didn't write, where it's something like, hey, maybe I want to control that message, you can write content on your website to answer that same question. And you can use FAQ structured data markup to help Google encourage it to use it here. So check this out for your brand as well in, in non-branded terms and see what content is ranking there and then click through to those pages and start to see like what are they doing that they're getting those rankings and can I create similar content and oftentimes better content. This next one is a free tool that Google offers. It's called Google Trends and it's basically a really, you could spend a lot of time just kind of clicking around and seeing what's trending, but it shares trending topics, um, variations and trends over time. So, you know, with Halloween around the corner, it's featuring some of the trending topics around Halloween. So here's Halloween recipes. So if you're a company that might make sense to write about recipes, you could get ideas here. And then you can also see variations in search volume or seasonality, as well as geographic interest. And then take all of this um, and use it towards your content calendar or how you tailor your targeted terms throughout the year. And here, this one at the bottom, you can see lawn mower parts versus snow blower parts that will vary wildly based on weather patterns based on seasonality based on geolocation as you know you know people are looking for snowblowers to be working up here in Chicago sooner than they are down south um, so that's just always something to be aware of and then you can also see variations of search terms in here so if you go to Google Trends, you can see something like car insurance or auto insurance. So if you're not sure like how do people search in my industry, what's most frequent, you can get a good picture from here. And there's a lot of cool things you can do to play around. Does anyone um, have any search terms that they're curious to check out within Google Trends? Is anyone familiar with the holiday St. Nick's Day that's celebrated in early December? If you're from Wisconsin, this is a like an Easter bunny type holiday that's celebrated almost exclusively in Northeast Wisconsin, where if families move there, 
they all they have to adopt this tradition because the kids go to school and they all have Saint Nick on December 5th. And you can see if you look at it, it's super heavy in Wisconsin. And then furthermore, if you click into Wisconsin, you can see like where in Wisconsin this keyword trends. So it must be all the parents that are moving there and like, what is this holiday that the kids are upset that they didn't get a stocking filled or um, people looking for ideas as well. So play around in Google Trends. It has a lot of really cool stuff. So something we like to say here at American Eagle is pretty much content is king. Since the BERT update that happened, I believe in 2018, Google's been shifting its focus from keywords, uh, like actual keywords in your content to intent of content. So things like meta keywords really don't matter anymore. It's a very outdated process. So when we talk about content, we want to make sure that you're getting your point across. So here are some ideas on how to create content that ranks for your site. The first being, everyone knows what the core pages are. You have your pages that are there. They talk about your business. You have your about us. If you're selling products, you have your category pages. Those pages are there. They're static. They very, very rarely change unless there's a major reason to change for SEO value. But in order to keep your content fresh and constantly changing, blogs are one of the easiest ways to do that. Not only that, but it's also a great source for internal linking, which we'll talk about later. As Courtney mentioned, you can use the Google Trends tool to follow trends and create a content calendar around your blogs. But it also is a new way to display your information in front of an audience that maybe they didn't think about your product or they didn't think about your services and, and now they're thinking about it in a new light. A second one is pretty much create infographics. Too Long Didn't Read is a forum a shorthand that pretty much is TLDR. If there's too much content on a page, a user is going to lose interest instantly. Honestly, like if you ever look at a law document, most people have a hard time getting through the first page. So creating infographics that have very clear information, creating checklists, having information displayed with graphics is a great way to keep people engaged. But also if it's tagged properly, as you can see here with the hospital relocation checklist, it's showing up as a, we call it a zero result or a zero search result. So this is showing above all the SERP results on a search page because it was tagged properly and it's showing information in a different way. This is referred to as position zero. And also you want to think about your offsite content. Your website is great. It's a huge resource for your company, but you've also got all these different channels. You've got Pinterest, you've got your social channels, you've got LinkedIn. You want to keep in mind the audiences for all of these channels, especially Pinterest. A few of us in the company like to call it the third big search engine because realistically, if you're looking for recipes, if you're looking for new ideas, if you're looking for something, Pinterest is a great resource, but it also, every single time something gets repinned, it counts as a backlink for your company. Marking up your data. These are some of the basic SEO elements that everyone can find on a website. We'll start with the URL. So this is where you want to take your keyword strategy and actually put it into effect. So you've already defined what pages you want to show and what those keywords are going to be. So you're going to start with your URL. You want it to be clear and focused, and you want to make sure that that keyword is as close to the start of the URL as possible. From there, we have your title tags. This is kind of like the chapter in a book. It's defining what the page content is about. And then you have your meta descriptions. Oftentimes, people overlook the meta descriptions. Usually, you want to keep it clear and to the point, and you also want to have a CTA or a call to action directing people to do something. So for in this example, it's a white glove transportation service. You want to get a quote. You want to go to their website and get an idea of how much it's going to cost you if you're looking for this service. 
Headings are something that are constantly slightly misused, mostly for aesthetic reasons. I'll speak to that in a little bit, but they're also kind of just like the subsections in your chapter. And then we get to the content. This is where you really dig into explaining what that keyword is about. So you've defined your keyword. Now you want to talk about it and what this means in regards to your company. So when it comes to headings, they pretty much do two things. One, a lot of companies that we find use them for aesthetic design on the website, which is great. They do break things up tremendously. However, they offer clear organization. So when a bot is crawling your site and it's looking for the intent, if you have clear defined headlines, it gives it a very clear image of what that page is trying to do. So right now I have an example of how to wall mount the TV. But as you can see, it's broken down by one, the H1, which is your first, your biggest one, it carries the most weight. And then from there you start breaking down into more sections and everything is clearly defined, both aesthetically and informationally on the page. Then we come to your link strategy. Backlinking is one of the most relevant things you can do for a site. Here we have an image for internal linking. Internal linking just means using the content on your page to link back to other pages. So as you can see here, this is a heat map we've done for a client. This was all just text, there was no links in it, but from looking at the data that we collected from a tool that we use, you can see that people are definitely interested in things like their fitness facility and their hydro massage. So they wanna know what it's about. They have these pages on the site, they even have this information lower on the page, but people aren't going necessarily to that part of the page. They wanna know about it now and they're clicking on it. So this would be a great way to start internal linking. And it also helps with um, orphan pages. You never wanna necessarily leave a page orphan. Sometimes you can do that for things like PPC landing pages, but realistically having pages all internally linked creates a web for the bots to crawl easily. Then there's uh, your inbound linking. Google Alerts is another free tool that you can set up. All you have to do is type in the keyword. So in this case, Barilla. And then once a week, Google will essentially send you an email with all of the news articles, references, anything that mentions Berla will be sent to you. It's a great way to reach out to people for linking strategies. So if you notice that you're being mentioned on a website and it's not linking back, you can easily email and ask for it. Sometimes they'll ask for a payment, sometimes they won't, but it never hurts to ask. Another one you wanna consider using is Harrow, and I'm not just talking about me, although you can use me if you'd like, but pretty much Harrow is help a reporter out. So if you're an expert in your field, a lot of reporters will use this website to ask for direct quotes or references for pieces that they're writing. So you can use this. The thing with Harrow is it's very time sensitive. So if they're looking for a quote, they need a quote for a piece that's current. So, but it's a great way to get your name there in really relevant um, websites. Like I believe the New York Times is using it. It's a lot of well-known Print. Yeah, it's basically like a journalist will have a piece that they want to write about, like maybe a new car insurance law in Illinois, and they need a subject matter expert to provide a quote for their article. So they'll put out a ping on there, hey, is there anyone in the auto insurance industry who can provide a quote? And if that's your business line, um, you can respond back to it, they'll quote you in the article, and then often link back to your website. So it's a really you know, natural, ethical way that you can um, build a link strategy. So I encourage if you have the time um, to sign up for it and monitor those. I think they send out three a day for prompts for people that are industry experts to provide quotes. And then also just be mindful if you do use it, 
you want to make sure that the source is legitimate and it's not like a low quality website as you wouldn't want to necessarily get into like, you know, black hat link building. <laughs> but yeah, there's definitely many different ways to do um, external link strategy. Like I mentioned before, Pinterest is, can be one of your best friends because even it's, it's kind of passive backlinking because as soon as someone pins to you, if it's into a relevant category, it's automatically counted as a relevant backlink for your site. All right, so measuring and monitoring performance, uh, the final step here today. So if we wanna make sure that anything that you're doing from an SEO standpoint, you're able to tie that back to real business results. So you wanna communicate all of these efforts of content and link building and SEO markup, that it actually has value to the bottom line of the business, which is going to be either sales or leads. So you either wanna sell a product or obtain some sort of, you know, contact form or um, lead in that form. So typically, when you're thinking about setting organic or SEO-related KPIs, the common ones we'll see are things like organic keyword rankings, so monitoring the progress there, organic sessions, so organic traffic that comes to the site, and then finally organic conversions, making sure that you split those out from your total picture and just say, okay, what's organic doing for me? And then you can tie that back to whether or not your results are paying off. And then ways to measure it are Google Analytics. So you can start looking at which pages drive organic traffic, which pages are converting, looking into Google Search Console. Google Search Console has some really good information to see which search queries are driving traffic to the site and then also, um, you know, the click-through rate on some of those. So you can understand, like, maybe if your page showed up regularly in search results for a term, but the click-through rate was lower than industry average, what can you do to the title tag or meta description to maybe increase that click-through rate? And you can also tie Google Search Console right into analytics. We can help you connect that if you need a hand. And then um, there's some third-party keyword tracking tools, which are really great. SEMrush or SEMrush, WooRank and AHrefs are some of the big ones that people use. But really, it's key to understanding how you're doing so you know what's working and then what's not working, too. So you want to make sure that if something is working, you don't change it and, and send yourself backwards. And then finally, Google rolls out new algorithm updates all the time. So in the past, they used to do like one every year, one every two years, and they would name it and announce it and it would be a big ordeal. But since then, since 2017, they've been doing more ongoing smaller updates, core updates, and they actually roll those out in real time. Um, they're less sporadic. They've been doing a lot more testing over the weekends. Sometimes they'll roll something out, then they'll roll it backwards. So SEOs are kind of going crazy right now with the amount of algorithm updates they're making. But these two sources that I added, Search Engine Journal and Moz, they're really great at covering them and kind of like dissecting what it means, what industries might have been impacted. And then you can actually then kind of try to connect the dots. So if you see you had a really big drop in organic traffic around a certain time period, and there was also an algorithm update that hit your industry, like maybe it's not something you're doing, maybe it's just something Google's doing. So you can help make the business case of why the SEO efforts that you're doing are still paying off. And then finally, if you want a hand with a technical SEO audit, any keyword strategy help, link strategy, let us know and we'd be happy to support it. Thank you for listening to Modern Marketing Messages. For more information about the topics discussed today, check out the description of this episode. If you like this episode, follow this podcast wherever you listen to them to stay up to date with us. And while you're at it, give us a rating and share this podcast with others as well. 
And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Modern Marketing Messages. This episode is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. I'm Taylor Karg, and I'll be back with another Modern Marketing Message.